everyone. Welcome to episode 104, Reality TV. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone. So I love teaching you little life hacks and mind hacks and tricks of the trade and something that helped me a lot in 2014 when I was starting to learn about conscious parenting and understanding what is this all about. It was so hard to sink my teeth into what I was reading and have something tangible. And it was something that I understood as a teacher and a counselor, but it came so natural for me to not have an ego with my students. That's why I was so taken aback when I had Lillian Grady and I was so chill at school. And then I was a crazy lady at home and I couldn't figure it out. I had strategies coming out of my ears, almost 20 years of working with very severe behavior problems. So why was I able to figure out at school but not able to figure out when my kids interrupted me when I was on the phone. Like, what is that all about? Like, that's why I was so confused. It was so mind trippy for me. And when I read the book, I was like, oh, I just have to pretend like my kids are my students. Oh, okay. And then it was like a light bulb went off and it became super fun to kind of play the game a little bit. And I remember right before, as I was like in, in the in-between, in the river of misery, like, am I doing this right? I don't know. This is so confusing, but I love it. I can't wait for the next storm. I actually looked forward to it because I wanted to see what it brought up for me. I wanted to see what their anger or their anxiety or their sadness or whatever it was, I wanted to see what it brought up in me to take a look at it. And when we're watching a movie, eating popcorn, nothing's coming up for me to look at. So it got me really in this place of curiosity versus being furious all the time or being snappy or being terse or being pointy lip mom. And I remember going into a restaurant that we love and someone a couple tables over that I didn't really know, but I knew of. I think her name was Margaret, but I'm not really sure it's Margaret. It's one of those people you're like, you look familiar, but I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. You don't know me, but I know you, but you might know me, but I don't know. It's one of those, you look familiar. And I remember standing there at the hostess stand and all of a sudden I just started playing with Lily's hair because this Margaret, who didn't even know my name, much less my middle name, was going to judge me. And I thought, huh, that's so curious why I see Margaret, the thought goes on my head and I start playing with Lily's hair, trying to show like, you know, I'm so connected to my daughter. Or like if at church, I'd see that same Margaret or someone that was a similar, then all of a sudden my hand would be around David's back. Like, what am I doing? That is so bizarre that I'm going to make this action. It was done unconsciously, but because I was in the middle of consciousness versus unconsciousness, it was trippy. Like, why am I playing with her hair? Because I saw Margaret. Why am I not playing with her hair with or without Margaret there? And Margaret is just a symbol of someone outside of me looking at me and judging me. We talked a lot about judgment detox last week and that people will judge you and that's okay. Usually we judge ourselves harder than anybody else can. So when we hear something said or someone judging us directly or indirectly or a passive aggressive comment, or we're super sarcastic in our family. So something that's said, you're like, huh, I wonder if there's some truth in that. Other people will judge you and that's okay. 
how do you judge yourself, which is what really matters? How do you think about yourself? What's your opinion of yourself? How nice are you to you? That matters more than anybody else because once you start being nicer to you, so much you hear about self-love, self-love, self-love. What about self-like? How much do I like myself? How much do you like yourself? That is the growth. That is the journey right there. Because then anybody else liking you or loving you is extra credit. You're not gonna be seeking it from other people. It's super freeing because you're like, yeah, I like that part about me and I don't like that part of me. I see why you don't like that part either. I agree with you. Then you're not so much push, pull, push, pull, push, pull. You're not so afraid of being found out because you're open and honest with your own flaws and your own awesomeness that when people agree or disagree, you're like, yeah, I kind of see that. So I remember having this mind-numbing trip. Like, why am I acting like this because of Margaret? Margaret doesn't even know me. Margaret's not even looking at me. Margaret doesn't even know my name. But why do I care so much? And why is my action going to be different because of Margaret? Now, Margaret is just a symbol of other people's opinions. Someone outside of us living our life from our out to the in, which Kyle Cease talks about. We live our life as a child. We live from the in to the out, where we just know our worthiness. We know our value. We love ourselves. We like ourselves. We don't even think anything differently that there's even another option when you're two or three. And so we're living our life naturally from the in to the out. We're not trying to attract anything. We're not trying to seek anything. We don't need anything because we're just comfortable in our own skin. And then what happens as we grow up, it starts to fade a little bit. We start to live our life from the out to the in. So then becoming a grown up, we just continue that pattern of out to in. What does Margaret think about me? What does my boss think? What does my husband think? What do my kids think? What are but we don't ever think about what we think about ourselves. So once we start to learn to live our life from the in to the out and start doing actions from that place where we like ourselves and love ourselves, not all of it, but a lot of it. We like our flaws. We like our awesomeness. We love our flaws. We love our awesomeness. While we're always looking to grow and improve, not from a place of perfection, but from a place of imperfection, we start to live our life from the out to the in. And that's why life feels so heavy and so painful and so hard because we're looking external for our value and our worthiness. We're asking Margaret to fill us up. Margaret doesn't even know our name. So what's really cool is this little life hack that I started to develop clearly out of the blue and clearly out of lack and clearly I'm not feeling good enough of pretending like I was on a reality TV show and I had Margaret's all over my house in every corner behind a camera watching me. So how I was going to act if Margaret was watching was very different if Margaret wasn't there. Now remember, Margaret is symbolic of our ego. Margaret is symbolic of our opinion of ourselves because our unconscious part of the brain wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain and be efficient. So it doesn't really care what Margaret thinks, but our prefrontal cortex, where we make our decisions, the healthier part of our brain, which is in charge of literally like five to 10% of our thinking, is more interested in what Margaret thinks and wants to do good things and wants to make good decisions and wants to eat right and wants to work out and wants to take care of ourselves. It wants to read the books. It wants to have the organized house. It wants to have a connected relationship with our spouse and kids. That's the conscious part of our brain. We wanna please Margaret, the conscious part of our brain. Our unconscious part of our brain, no, 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 no. Very lazy, very much. Let's go live in the cave and let's live there forever. Because what you're thinking about seems a little too dangerous for us, Kelbell. So you need to go back in the cave, go back under the covers, hide under your bed. It's safer there. Out here is filled with judgment and ridicule and I'm not gonna have it. So that's why we have this push-pull between our heart and our head. Our head says one thing and our heart says another. And we make promises to ourselves and then we break them. We make promises to ourselves and then we break them. The reason why we break them is because the head takes over. But when you live from the heart space and you pretend like Margaret is living in your house, you can live out of that heart space even more. 
So people always say, well, what does it mean to be conscious? It means to have Margaret following you around all day long because that's your heart. You want to do well. And when you see Margaret, you think, huh, that reminds me. I got to do the right thing. I got to love on my kids. I want her to think good things about me. Margaret is just our ego. Margaret is just our heart. Margaret is our prefrontal cortex, the conscious part of our brain. Now, the unconscious part of the brain is in charge of 90% of our thinking. So the conscious part of our brain gets watered down and diluted most of our day. That's why people start with big goals and then they peter out over time because the big goal was made with the 5 to 10% of our brain and then the petering out is the 90%. Completely normal. Does not mean you're a loser. Does not mean you're a procrastinator. Does not mean you have no self-discipline. Doesn't mean any of that. It means your brain is doing the brain's job. So we just have to gently and kindly redirect it, reassure it. It's going to be okay. We're going to do this thing anyway. So the life hack is once the Margaret thing happened, I was like, well, let me pretend like Margaret's in our house. Let me pretend like I'm on a reality TV show and I got millions of people watching. I got cameras in every corner because that is how you create consciousness. You start to think about your thinking. You start to think before you act because how would you act if you had millions watching, if you had Margaret in your house? How would I teach when I'm with my students alone versus when my principal's there taking down notes on a clipboard? I'm definitely not going to be checking my email while I'm teaching. That's for sure. It's almost like you're on your best behavior. You're on your highest level of consciousness behavior. Doesn't mean you're bad when the principal goes away or when Margaret's not there. It just means you're becoming more unconscious. Pretend like you have a reality show in your house. And if it's too hard to do all day, do it for one hour a day. Because people say, I would just want to get a bracelet that says, what would Kelly do? All that's saying is that you want consciousness. You want to think before you act. You want to be calm in their storm. You want to learn how to hold the space. Because people say all the time, I've read all the books. I listen to your podcast. It sounds amazing. It sounds great. And then when the storm happens or the tantrum happens, everything goes out the window. Because the primitive part of the brain is coming alive then. It's completely normal. Nothing to be ashamed of. You will get to the point where you're going to be looking forward to the storms and looking forward to it because you know that you can handle the as is of any single moment. And you're going to let go of the judgment. You're not going to be so riddled in fear of not doing it right because you don't have to do it right. You just have to show up and be conscious during it. And when you create consciousness, it becomes easier. And then all of a sudden you're doing it for an hour a day. Then the next day you do it for two hours a day or maybe an hour and a half. And you build upon that and create this compound effect of consciousness over time where it becomes your new normal. Because a lot of times when our kids tantrum, we tantrum right along with them because our five-year-old, six-year-old, 10-year-old self comes out. Not because we're a child, but because the unconscious pattern has taken over. We repeat that old pattern because it feels familiar, even though it's uncomfortable. And so like I always say, we have two chances at the parent-child relationship. The first parent-child relationship, we had no say in the matter. We just showed up because a sperm and egg united and they popped us out. But as you step into emotional adulthood, you get to create the environment and create the energy and create the harmony that you want within your home based on consciousness, based on accepting the as is of all the moments, based on letting go of judgment. And then you lean into the as is versus fighting against what you want to happen or fighting over the judgment, fighting over in your brain. Because every time you yell, scream, or bark, it has nothing to do with your child. How do we know? Because if Lily and Grady were in your house, you would act completely different. Or if I was in your house, you would act completely different. That is consciousness. So whoever it is that you want to be in your house, for me, it was cameras. And I pretended like there was cameras and I was on a reality TV show because I wanted to be in alignment with who I wanted to be and who I actually was. And when you feel that you're in alignment, then it doesn't matter what other people are thinking or saying or doing. You're not so focused on the other side of the street. You know that quote, dance like no one's watching? The quote is because you're dancing free from judgment, criticism, or fear of what others might think. 
So when you're parenting like no one's watching, then you're in charge of yourself. First, you have the reality TV cameras, but that's just the consciousness. Then you slowly, instead of having 10 cameras in your house, all of a sudden you have nine, then you have eight, then you have five, then you have two, then you have one. Instead of millions being behind the cameras, you realize, oh, the cameras are my kids' eyes. I have two kids, so I have four eyes staring at me all the time. Those are the movie cameras. Those are the productions that are in my house at all times. And so you want them to see your imperfections. You want them to see your flaws. You want them to see your awesomeness. But the cool thing is you're in alignment with the mom you are and the mom you want to be. Because that's where I was having so many problems the first five years of parenting is that I was so out of alignment with who I thought I would be as a mom and who I actually was. So all that shame and guilt and crying myself to sleep saying, I'm going to figure this out. I don't care what it takes. The fear and the frustration and the shame and the guilt was all from being out of alignment with who I wanted to be as a mom and who actually showed up as a mom. And that's why the B minus work is so powerful because then you can have some wiggle room. Like, oh, I did that pretty good today, but that was, that missed the mark a little bit. Oh, there's my B minus and being happy with it versus I got to be minus. I'm not good enough. I knew I wasn't supposed to be a mom. I'm a horrible person. These kids don't deserve me. I don't deserve them. And we throw the baby out with the bathwater. So we parent like everyone's watching. And then it gets to a point where you parent like no one's watching because you're watching yourself. And you're almost like in that helicopter above your own life, watching, staying present, staying conscious. And it becomes so much easier where the cameras go away, but you're still in alignment. You go to sleep without mommy guilt. The reason why mommy guilt is there is because you're out of alignment with who you are and who you want to be. And instead you hit the mark, but you don't hit the mark all the time. You hit the mark most of the time. And when you don't, that's okay too, because guess what? Your kids aren't going to hit the mark all the time. Then you have less judgment for yourself and you have less judgment for them and you let them have their free will. And then guess what? They give you your free will, which is already theirs to have to begin with. I know that's a big bummer. When I realized that, I was like, oh, so I have to parent the children I have versus parenting the children I thought I would have. Oh, I forgot about that part. And then you're accepting the as is of every single moment, the flawed and the awesome, the storms and the tears, because you know that you're the perfect person for the job. Not perfect in your actions, but your union is perfect. And then you let go of everything else and you can parent like no one's watching or a million people are watching and it's gonna be the same. And you feel in alignment and you go to sleep at night and your head hits the pillow and you're like, I got this. I got this parenting thing down most of the time. Not all of the time. And my kids, they got this kid thing down most of the time, not all of the time. Then it takes the pressure off of your shoulders and it takes the pressure off their shoulders. And whether the cameras are there or the cameras are not there, you're in alignment with who you wanna be and that's all created through consciousness. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.